Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. If you haven't yet subscribed or rated the podcast, then please do. And do you know when you um, sign up to them email list because there's something that grabs your attention that you want? That's exactly what I did with the guy that I'm having an opportunity to chat with today, Liston Witherill. I signed up to his... Um, his email list about three and a half years ago and today I get to speak to him in person. Enjoy. Hey it's Lee, welcome to Business Problem Solved today. I have the amazing pleasure of chatting with Liston Witherill and and in fact actually so Liston I've just told him that I've been on one of his lists since 2018 so this is how long I've been stalking him for but anyway enough about me. Liston is a B2B sales legend um listen how are you i'm good thanks for having me here yeah honestly it's a, it's an immense pleasure this is um i didn't realize you had so much hair um on your on your head um <laughs> be, be, before you dialed in thank you um, for clarifying that it's on my head i yeah, appreciate that yeah, yeah well just that's for the audio listeners i guess yeah. um and, and so so i'm a little bit jealous right from the off but for those people who don't know who you are who are you and how have you got to this position today so zigzags is how I got to this position where I'm at today. So my name's Liston Witherell. Uh, my company's called Serve Don't Sell. So I founded and created what really amounts to an idea and a vision for how business could be, which is ethical, considerate, empathetic, right? So my goal with Serve Don't Sell is to help 100 million people become world-class ethical communicators. So, you know, small, tiny little goal, yeah, wow. um, but certainly one that's worthwhile. And what I find holds back a lot of business owners is this idea of communicating clearly, being direct, listening, asking great questions. And so everything that I do is all about helping business owners get their message out into the world and win better clients. So I offer online training programs for both marketing and sales, particularly for uh, creative agencies, firms, and independent consultants. Gotcha. Gotcha. But so the first question that pops into my mind is what is an ethical communicator? Yeah. So one question I get asked a lot, and you've probably heard some variant of this question is what is the difference between manipulation and persuasion? Or I hear, I'm not in sales. Those people are all full of crap and I don't want to be one of those people. And my answer is always, well, then don't, right? There's something about sales that is absolutely essential to business. So, you know, your product or service is not going to sell itself. I'm in the world of services. So I focus on that. I can guarantee you your expertise will not sell itself. That's a lie you've been told over and over again. But that doesn't mean you need to deceive people or have ill intentions about the way you go out and sell. And so when I think about ethical communication, I think about really understanding who I'm talking to, what it is that matters to them, 
and how I can help them reach their goals. And if I can do that, I'm going to tell them. And if I can't, I'm going to tell them that too. And I'm going to tell them why, right? Maybe I even say, you know, that goal that you have, I wouldn't recommend that. Here's, here's why in my experience, you shouldn't pursue that, right? And to me, that, that feels good, right? I, I want someone who's willing to act uh, in my interest and not just in their own selfish interest. So honesty is a big component of this. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But how do you, so what comes across with, with yourself is you're, you're different to, um, to other people in your space. Um, and so, so how, what, what's your secret and, and how do you, how do you sell what you do? Um, and, and, and that goal that you've got is absolutely massive, mm-hmm. uh, which is, and it's an amazing, amazing goal. So how do you do it and maintain who you are and what's true to you? Yeah, that's a tough question to answer in the abstract. But I, I think one thing that a lot of people struggle with, you, you know this, and I listened to one of your recent guests who was talking about happiness and business and how, you know, this is kind of the classic e-myth stuff. We go into business, we, we think we're going to be so great at this because we're such a good practitioner of XYZ thing. And then we quickly learn, wow, there's way more to it than that. And so I think the, the kind of starting place is really getting honest about who you are and what you want. And business really is, I hate, I hate to be overly simplistic, but it is the Venn diagram of what the market wants and needs, where there's an opportunity to provide more of that, and then the things that you want to do, right? So if you can find alignment between those two spheres, that's where you should focus. And so one of the reasons I think a lot of us feel like we need to force a message or we're tempted to be manipulative, there's actually, there's a couple of reasons. One could be you just don't have enough opportunity coming to your business. So you're afraid to walk away or give bad news to people, right? Which is just a symptom of inadequate marketing. So that would be one of the first things to think about is, if you feel that this, I, this message of ethical selling, sure, that sounds great on paper, but I can never do that because I need to close the clients that come to me. That's just an indication that you don't have enough demand, right? And so that begs the question, is there not enough market demand or are you just not doing the things you need to do marketing wise or relationship wise in order to get more people interested in what it is that you're doing. So to answer your question, I think one of the one of the things that makes it really easy to be ethical is to have complete confidence that if you walk away from one opportunity, there will be another one either waiting now or soon, right? So nothing really builds confidence like an abundance of opportunity. Yeah, okay, um, completely. So I guess there's a lot of people at the minute that are lacking in opportunity, lacking in demand because yeah. of the, the, the change in world um, situation and the challenges. Uh, so how do you um, create demand? What, I mean, and that's such a big question. There's so many different avenues to go, but, um, but what, what's the secret to creating demand? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just thinking that that is an, a massive question. It is. We could 
probably start a new podcast just on this yeah. question, like, <laughs> publish every single day for the next yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, the secret. So essentially, it's just understanding what it is that people want and can't do on their own and that you're especially uh, suited to do for them. Right. Yeah. So here's a, a losing strategy for a small business. You're going to create something that no one understands and they have no pain associated with it. And you're going to have to educate them for multiple years in order for them to understand, let alone buy anything from you. Right. So that's not a good situation to be in Yeah, because you don't have the money to pay for that. <laughs> it's going to take all of your time and energy just to teach people that they have a problem. Yeah. Right. So you want to find existing problems that can be solved. Um, and then you want to have some unique or different way of solving it. Um, so, you know, th this is a question I've grappled with a lot when it comes down to it, Lee, there's not that much difference between competitors in any market, right? So just to use an obvious example, if I use a Linux computer or an Apple computer or a windows computer, I'm going to spend 99% of my time in a browser anyways, it doesn't really matter that much yeah. what the operating system is these days. Right. But still there are, you know, huge spending wars and people who have like a religious devotion to each of these brands. Um, and so the difference between providers isn't that great. And what most people need are fundamental help, right? The basics and they need implementation and they need execution and they need to do that on a consistent basis. But what works from a marketing perspective is giving people something novel or different because it's important for our brains to have a justification for a decision, right? Yeah. Because we're creatures of comparison. If I see 15 things that all look the same, how do I know which one to choose, right? So this is just a limitation of the scarcity of our time as a consumer, right? My cost to learn everything there is to know about Lee is really high and the benefit is unclear. Yeah. And so having something that's unique or different, which could be a market position, it could, so like, that's why I added the bit about, I do sales for agencies and, and consultants, right? Um, and that's not as crowded of a space as people who say, I help people with sales or I help people with marketing. It's too big. How do I know what you're good at? So one way it can just be through your positioning. Another way can be through some sort of intellectual property, a key idea that I have, right? Um, so that's another way. But another way is just having a point of view or a personality that's attractive. Yeah. Now, this will never work for me because I'm a nerd and I talk in really long sentences and use big words. And so I don't, I don't think personally that my differentiator is my personality. And I think of all the things that I mentioned, that one's really hard to like adopt, right? Yeah. Because, you know, if you're not naturally going to go up on stage or wow people at the next WWE event, if you Brits know what that is, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> great American <laughs> pastime, um, then it's going to be hard for you to stand out on personality. But certainly I think intellectual property, worldview or sort of your, what you believe about the world may be different or counterintuitive. 
um, or position, all of those you have a lot of control over. So I think those are all from a services provider's perspective, really important ways of creating demand. Now it's substantially different for products um, because yeah, for lots of reasons, we can go into that if you want. Uh, So um, I think you've touched on something there. So when you were talking about personality, um, I just want to be selfish just for a moment because um, I had some sales training um, a little bit ago and I was advised, so I started this thing at the start of lockdown, um, every, because you know, like on, on LinkedIn and social media, you scroll through and it's all very samey. And I thought, I'm going to try to do something to, to get people to stop um, scrolling. So I decided to record videos from my bath. Um, so I, I was in the bath um, recording. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh-huh. So I recorded videos in the bath. And and I started telling people about these and people started commenting about, about these and they were saying that, oh, it's not a good idea that your target client or target customer who's the senior leader in an organization wouldn't buy from the guy in the bath. Um, so uh, what, do, do you know what I mean? Do you, so I know what you're saying. That wouldn't be my criticism of it, but yeah, I know what you're saying. They're saying, you know, the, the brand you're projecting isn't, conducive to the types of clients you want it's not going to yes. track them yeah. yeah so um so when you said that that wouldn't be your criticism do you have a criticism of the bath video i do um so here's my belief and like i've been proven wrong on this many times but my belief is if you want to build a sustainable brand like i'm not saying don't record your bath videos but what i'm saying is it's a gimmick right? It's a single gimmick. Anybody can copy it. And it says nothing about what you can do for someone else. Yes. And so there must be other thing. Once you get the attention, you have to find a way to harness the attention in a way that's not a gimmick, right? So I don't want to name names, but I guess I'd be giving it away. There's a guy on LinkedIn who um, records videos and his thing is he has blue hair, right? And it's like, for me, I'm just like, well, I mean, are you going to be the 50 or 60 year old guy with blue hair? Like, is that going to be, there must, there's a limit on that. Um, cause he's a young guy now and I don't truthfully, I don't watch his videos cause I see that. And I just think that's obviously not for me. Yeah. I mean, he could just as easily wear like a sequin wrestling mask and that could be his thing, but you, I think you need dimensions of depth and some way to connect in your case while you're recording from the bath to your brand, which may just be, you know, something as simple as like people overcomplicate business and they try to make, put this formal veneer on it. And really it's just freaking common sense. And so I don't need to be in a suit. I'm going to be in the bath, but I'm going to tell you things that it can actually change your life. Right. And that's like, that then starts to tell a story that comes together beyond just the bath. So yes. that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, no, no, thank you, thank you for that because because uh, you, you're dead right. Because um, at the start, it was just about being in the bath, and it was just about right. stopping stopping the scrolling. Right. But then um, now I'm I'm trying to talk to people about um, my my confidence journey and the the fact that I'm in the bath is the culmination of being a child when I was uh, at school right. Um, right. and not not wanting to put my hand up in class and going bright red and 
and not wanting to speak out and stuff and now being this person that is happy to to convey messages in the bath so i'm trying to articulate my confidence journey by ending in the bath in a uh, metaphor for being naked in public right which is everybody's <laughs> greatest nightmare yeah yes yeah. yes right. yeah so so that that's that but that's in my head and um and that's that I'm trying to share that message, but I'm not sure whether that message is being received. Um, no. But anyway, enough about me. Um, okay. <laughs> I like talking about yeah, you. Yeah, okay, yeah, go no, ahead. Thank you. And so, uh -huh. so, so for yourself, where you're not the um, the standing in the middle of the ring um, in the WWE thing, and you know, you're you're more considered in your approach. You're more value driven in in what you do, and you're you're quite. Um, you're quite clear in, in your approach. So what is your differentiator? Yeah. So my differentiator primarily is the idea of focusing on giving first rather than receiving. And then I also layer in other disciplines. So it's really important for me to think about, you know, what do we know in management consulting or what do we know in neuroscience or what do we know in behavioral economics that can teach us something about how to have better business strategy. So I layer that stuff in all of the time. And I think at the heart of it, what I'm really exceptional at is taking complicated ideas and making them feel simple and accessible. And so that's really what, what all of the work that I do is focused on doing is so that you don't have to have, I mean, here's what I believe. Like I, I went to a lot of school and I learned a lot of fancy things and it still really bothers me that information is coded. It's like they're putting up a wall to, to protect so that they can feel like I know something and it's not accessible for you, but really it's not that complicated. And so one of the things that I want to do in the way I educate people is to tear down those walls and make information that seemed too complicated, like easy to apply for themselves. Yeah. How, how do you do that though? How, how do you, I mean, is that another really big question? That is a big question. And I don't know that I have a good answer. Um, so when I say, I think my, my gift or, or the thing that I'm really strong at, yeah, I think it just, I hate to say this because it's, it doesn't, it's not repeatable, but I think it more or less comes naturally to me because I've always been curious in about how things work. I mean, ask my mom, I was the most annoying child in the world um, because I asked why all the time. And yeah. if you have kids, you know, that gets annoying pretty quickly, especially if they want to know why about everything. And there's yes. five follow-up whys. Yeah. And finally you're like, I don't know, be quiet. Right. But that's who I was then. That's who I am now. Right. I still want to know. Yeah. So, you know, anytime anything comes up, I'll go, I'll go learn about it. Um, that's just how I'm driven uh, in life is, is this sort of insatiable thirst to understand about how things work and why they work in a certain way. So, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I don't have a, a, no, a but, great way to break it down. No, but, uh, but I think but you have perfectly answered that. And when you started, uh, when you did your introduction today mm -hmm. and I said, how did you get to that place? You said you've zigged and you've zagged a lot. Yeah. What have your zigs and zags been? So uh, I'll try to give you the short version and you can cut me off if this is going too long at any yeah. point. So I grew up in family businesses, which I think 
describes at least some of my stomach for being self-employed for so long. So I've been self-employed for about seven years. Um, and so grew up in family businesses around technology. My dad was building custom computers for people in the early eighties and doing programming. And so I grew up around computers when they, it's amazing to say this now, but when the average household did not have a computer, right. Or didn't even think it would be possible or necessary yeah. to have any computing device in their home, right? The, the sort of most advanced piece of technology most people had back then was like a cable box. Um, and so I grew up in that business. They started, I think it was like seven or eight or nine businesses. Most of them failed. Two of them did fairly well. Um, and uh, so I went, you know, participated in those businesses, went to school out of high, uh, college, out of high school, dropped out within a year, pursued a music career. So I'm a rapper and a, a music producer, um, played Hell? shows on, yeah, that's true. Amazing. Played shows on sub, uh, Sunset Boulevard in LA, the sort of famous spots that you hear about, like, you know, uh, Whiskey A Go-Go and like all the old school spots that seemed amazing, but were really just like dumps and they smelled bad and there was no green room. And anyway, so I did that for a few years, um, decided to go back to uh, school, um, graduated in, uh, with political science and economics from undergrad, got a master's degree in environmental science. Um, and then I went into environmental consulting and my goal for getting the master's degree was always to go into the business side of the environment. And so I ran marketing and um, business development for this firm. We think we're like 8 million when I started about 12 or 13 million when I left. Um, and while I was there, I discovered digital marketing and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like I can send out an email and get a $50,000 contract. Like that's weird. Like who thought? And so when I started doing digital marketing for this firm, I was working at, they were like, nobody wants to hear from us. And I, again, why? Right. I was like, why do you think that? And they're like, because who would? And I was like, well, let's try it. And, you know, sure enough, we started getting business from the email newsletter, right? Indirectly, people see the newsletter and they're like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to call you guys. Or, you know, I had this project and I forgot that I know someone who can do this. Let's bring you guys in. And it just ignited lots of conversations. So, um, and I did everything wrong, right? Like I produced a list of email addresses that no one gave us permission to email them in bulk, but I did it anyway. Yeah. Um, which I don't recommend these days, especially if you're under <laughs> GDPR restrictions. Um, so this is not legal advice. Uh, and yeah, I, as a result of that, got into digital marketing, started my own firm. And then a few years ago, I really missed the people element. Marketing, as you know, can very much become about numbers and metrics. And it's sort of divorced from the people who are actually experiencing it. And which is why I decided to focus both on sales and marketing as a result, because, you know, the people are, are pretty important. So that's how I got to be here today. Yeah, no, amazing. No, th thank you for that. And, and I think so, so I, I resonate with so much of your, of your background as well. I, I love mm -hmm. the, um, the, the journey that you've been on and because it, it's so varied, um, which has led you to where you are today, but that you can see why. Um, you can see why your your 
target audience is the target audience that it is because of the journey that you've been on. So the fact that you're curious and that you that you ask why a lot of times is what we as consultants, uh, that's what we're paid to do for businesses to help them Im- improve. So, so yeah, and I, I love the fact you were a rapper as well. True story. Love, yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, so, and, and I think all of those things have, have led you to, to be where you are. And what, so seven years you have been um, self-employed mm-hmm. for three and a half years of those. I've been on your email list. Um, and just before we hit record today, I said that um, that at the start that I, I knew all, I knew about you and, and stuff and you, you were there and then it went a little bit quiet and then now you're back again and and you're in my inbox. Um, is that a conscious decision? Well, I don't know why you thought I was quiet. Um, so it's not that I haven't been emailing at all. Um, maybe it's just a factor of um, your spam filter deciding not to show you my emails. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, um, I had a big push last year. I did an online virtual conference called ClientCon, um, and I had 30 speakers over 30 days. I was seriously burnt out after that. Um, so that, you know, I went a little bit quiet after that. Plus I was like, God, I'm emailing these people, some people every day, plus a sixth or seventh email with a recap of what happened in the conference. And I just felt like I needed a break and they needed a break. And then I sold my, um, uh, my flagship program is called the sales sprint in December. And I took another break after that. Cause I, you know, again, I just needed yeah. a break. There's, I think something like 16 emails that led up to that, um, throughout the sales cycle. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm, I am conscious of, um, giving myself a break <laughs> yeah. and giving my readers a break. Um, so yeah, I was a little quiet, I think for maybe three or four weeks while I was building stuff behind the scenes. And now I'm, I'm back at it and back on my regular schedule. Yeah, no, you're going, you're going for it. So one of the challenges that I see and hear for consultants is that they don't have an email list. They don't mm. email because they're, they're so busy um, in the business that they don't work mm. on the business. So if you've got a brand new client that doesn't have an email list, um how how do you encourage them to start is do you encourage them to start building that list um and if so how or is there another strategy that you encourage so if you don't want to position yourself as a generalist who specializes in local clients right so like i live in portland oregon and you know i'm sure actually i know there's lots of agencies locally here that are completely undifferentiated, but, and they say, we help small Portland businesses, or there's a handful that will service Nike and Adidas, not both because they hate each other so much, (laughs) but those are two huge employers and two obviously huge corporations, B2C corporations based here in Portland. Um, But the problem with that sort of generalist position is you can't attract there's, there's no compelling reason to attract anyone beyond word of mouth, right? Um, or beyond kind of a land and expand strategy. Whereas if you want to become known for solving a problem and particularly XY positioning, right? I solve a problem for an industry. You have to have content. There's no other way to do that, right? 
And so for a lot of firms, that's like a blog, which eventually turns into a book, which eventually turns into speaking gigs or some version of speaking gigs, you know, podcast guesting, webinars, something like that. Um, but the one thing that you own is your email list, right? Your website yeah. and your email list. Like we were talking before you hit record about Clubhouse. Yeah. And I was giving you my speech about the arc of, of any new social media and how it has this like fast peak and then slow, steady, painful, grueling decline where eventually everybody just starts saying, yeah, it's really hard work. And like the, you know, the people who originally succeeded still succeed because they got the benefit of being there first, right? It's very hard to break in after that with email. You always have it. And here's what a lot of people get wrong about, you know, I'm, I'm selling a course right now called the podcast pipeline. And it's all about creating a podcast, not for the listenership, but for the conversations. So it's all about interviewing your potential clients, right? And so a lot of people, when they look at marketing, they're looking at exactly the wrong metric for a small focused B2B firm, right? So for a podcast, the metric you should be thinking about is how many conversations do you have with people who could be potential partners or vendors, people who could be thought leaders that can convey trust based just on who they are and you're associated with them now. And then of course, potential clients with your, and so it doesn't matter if anybody listens to it, honestly, with your email list, a lot of people are thinking, well, HubSpot has a million emails, right? I, what's the point of starting? I'll never have a million emails. Well, you don't need a million emails, right? Especially if you do have an XY position, I solve problem for industry. I was looking the other day, um, an industry friend of mine, David C. Baker. I don't know if you know him. He wrote a book called the business of expertise. Okay. Um, and he was mentioning that he was uh, giving examples of well-positioned marketing firms. And one of them does marketing for small private aviation. So rich dudes or, and rich women who want a private flight somewhere, right? So yeah. these planes only seat five or 10 people small market, right? If that's your business, how many people, how many owners of small planes or airstrips do you need on your email list for that to be really worthwhile? The answer is not many, yeah. right? So a lot of people look at an email list and they think, well, how am I going to get to X thousand subscribers? When really, if you had even a dozen people in your niche who could hire you and you can help through the advice and information that you create and they just hear from you on a weekly or at least a monthly basis, that matters a lot. I mean, you know, same thing with podcasting. When people um, think about it and they say, well, I don't want to just do a podcast for a hundred people. And I always say, when's the last time you were in a room with a hundred people paying attention to you? And for most people, it's never, okay. right? And email is the same. So in order to start your email list, here's all you do. This is your formula. Put together one single piece of content that solves a cornerstone problem that your client has and links directly to what you're doing, right? So if, you know, for me, this, this could be interviewyourclients.com and it's a landing page and it gives my whole spiel on why I think you should start a podcast as a means for business development, 
right? Yeah. Something like that. Offer it for people to download. Um, and then go manually push out to those people and say, Hey, I have this thing. Would you like me to send it to you? That's it. Right. Yeah. So I think so often we overcomplicate marketing and we have visions of grandiosity or even just scale that don't actually make sense when we think about it. This is my, the, one of the favorite things I have when I talk to marketers, whenever I say, do you want a lot of people or do you want the right people? They'll always say we want the right people. But then when you ask them about a podcast or, an, or a newsletter, they always want big numbers, yeah. right? They don't, they don't ask who's on the list. Yeah. So um, that's the main thing that I would say to anybody listening to this is having that, that email list doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to build a lot, right? Um, and you own it forever. Clubhouse, Facebook, LinkedIn, no one's going to change the algorithm on you. Of course, there's the issue of hitting the inbox, which is, you know, a sort of a never ending thing, but you have much more control over your email subscribers than any other form of digital marketing. Yeah, I love that. And, and I love, when you said before that you distill the complex to, into the simple, and I think that's, that's exactly an example of what you've just done there. Your, the simplicity of your message and, and the clarity of your message is definitely coming through. And, and, and what, what I love about your pro your approach as well is that there's there's no jazz hands with with it. It's just it's just, you're just saying it as it is and how it needs to be. Um, so so honestly, th thank you thank you so much for that. So I've got a couple more questions for you, Liston. Um, what what are you having for your tea today? So your tea is it evening meal? Evening meal. Yeah, what are you having for your tea? So I call it my tea. Oh, we call it dinner. So yeah, oh. what we what we eat at night we call it dinner. Yeah. In the south, they would call it supper. Um, what am I having for dinner tonight? I don't know the answer to that question. Probably takeout. Oh, wow. What's your, what's your takeout of choice? Well, uh, the other day we had this place called hot Yai, which is Thai comfort food. So they have fried chicken, curry, rice. Oh my God. It's amazing. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Come to Portland, I'll buy it for you. Yeah. Amazing. So in, if, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to buy it. If, if I was allowed to leave my house, uh -huh. which, I'm, which I'm not allowed to do at the minute. I would definitely I'll take you up on that offer. I'd, awesome. I'd, I'd love to do that. Um, would you rather have no knees or no elbows? Hmm. Of course, <laughs> I want to ask why you're asking this question. Um, I would say no knees because um, uh, you, you have more, no pun intended, flexibility if you maintain elbows, more dexterity, more, more things that you can do. You, on a, on a, you, the, the intelligence of your ans answers, um, and, I, and I don't want to um, speak badly of any previous guests that have asked these questions. No, go to. ahead, please. <laughs> Throw them under the bus. No, I just think that the, the thought on it and the, and the intelligence of your answers is, is amazing. Is amazing. So um, if, if anybody wants to find out more about Liston Witherill, uh, what you do, how you can help them, where would they go, what would they do, what would they find? Just go to servedonsell.com. I have my free sales training up there. Um, by the time you hear this, I'll also have my free interview your clients training that talks about um, how to use a podcast as lead generation and to fill your content pipeline. Um, so yeah, just go there. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm rarely there and I block most people, but you're free <laughs> to follow me um, because I hate social media. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think yeah. servedonsell.com is my home base. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So this this really, you, and when, like I said before, you are different to 
everybody else that I've met that's in your space because you don't like social media. So how, how, how do you succeed doing what you do? What's your secret? Well, do a lot of it. So actually, I want to go back to something. I, I don't know if you're trying to wrap the call, but um, yeah. I want to go back to something you said about a lot of consultants know they need to do XYZ marketing or selling activity, but they, they quote, don't have time, right? So, you know, the short answer to your question is the way I succeed is by doing other things, right? <laughs> so if I'm not on social media, I have to do other things. Yeah. So part of it is, paid advertising. Part of it is my podcast. Part of it is focusing on SEO. Part of it is being in front of other people who have audiences where they participate in social media, but I'll leave that to them. Yeah. Right. So there's all kinds of ways, you know, the, the only advantage of social media is to, as a distribution channel, right. You go to where the traffic is. And so you just need to look for other forms of traffic. But you hit on a pet peeve of mine, which is when people say, I don't have time for X, Y, Z in my business. Well, sales and marketing is part of your business, right? You are not an employee. Your job isn't to just go get work and then spend all your, of your time fulfilling work. You also have to sell it, right? And so that can come in the form of, in, in my case, and what I advocate is a lot of educational content that's truly valuable, right? Whether people buy from you or not. Yeah. But whatever you decide to do, here's what I tell most people, at least 20% of your sales and uh, of your time should go to sales and marketing, ideally 50% as a business owner. And a lot of people are flabbergasted by that. And they go, well, how much time do you spend on sales and marketing versus delivery of your service? And I say 80%. I only spend 20% on client delivery. And that's how I've constructed my business because I know it's necessary, but it's also what I enjoy. I like making content. I like having these conversations with you. I like being here and present to help people have epiphanies or hopefully just an insight or a new way of looking at things. That's what motivates me. And so that's how I allocate my time. But you've struck a nerve with me here. Yeah, no, I got that. No, honestly, thank, thank you so much for that. It was uh, That was immense value and it's been an absolute pleasure to uh to chat with you today the man behind the uh the three and a half year uh email list that i've been on so so thank you thank you so much for that thank you so much for for sharing what you have shared and i have got a lot of work that i need to do just following this conversation with you today um but what's next for you listen what is next for me so um at the time we're recording this I just struck an agreement to run all revenue operations for a creative agency. So the goal there is to grow them to reach an exit. Um, so I'm doing that part-time, which probably mm -hmm. sounds crazy. Um, but, you know, building a team, like having a good strategy and building a team is going to be critical in order to enable that. Yeah. And then I'm going to keep doing serve, don't sell, right? That's something that I'll keep running. I'll, I'll keep giving away content. I'll keep building products that I know can help creative professionals and entrepreneurs build their businesses. So that's yeah. what I'll be doing. I'll be here, surfdonsell.com. If you check now or you check in two years, I'll still be working on it. Yeah. Well, why? Okay. I, and I guess I don't want to finish with the biggest question of the evening or the day, but 
your your passion for what you do comes across. Okay, you, you smile a lot of times when you're talking about what you do, and that, so that's coming across. Um, why do you do what you do? Yeah, so let's get personal. Um, I believe the meaning of life is ultimately to give to the world, and you know. If I were a real opportunist, I'd say, you know, this, this is selling for Christians or something, right? Because it does sound kind of like a, a Jesus or a Christian message, but I'm an atheist. Um, but I still believe that true fulfillment in life and true purpose comes from serving other people and helping other people. And I think it's just how we're wired. And I think everybody's going to have a hard time with themselves until they're able to give back to someone at least. Um, and so, you know, I feel really compelled to contribute to the world and leave it better than I found it or, or at least try. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the way I'm focusing my time and energy is to help people reach insights about business. That's what I lead with. But ultimately I tell this to all of my students when they take my sales course or they take podcast pipeline or any of my products, right? Ultimately the communication skills and the empathy that they learn will serve them in every interaction for the rest of their lives. And I don't put that on the landing page because people will think it's just BS, but I know it's true. I've gotten that feedback from people. And so, yeah, that matters a lot to me. That's what I want to do. And, and that's what's pushing me to keep going. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, I'll not get in the way. I'll let you keep on going now, and uh, and whatever you decide to have for your tea dinner um, later on this evening, I hope you enjoy it. But honestly, I just want to say thank you so much again for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to chat with you, and and to see your lovely hair as well. That's been um that's been amazing as well. Thanks well, thank for you, listening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, have a lovely day. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.